Kane is in the building. <laughs> Back to the 3P Podcast. This is episode 12 of our sixth season. I am your host, Josh Fromowitz. And once again, joining me are my co-hosts, Alex Castle and TJ Hummel. And Steve will also be joining us. He's running a little bit, run a little bit uh, late today, but no worries. We got TJ filling in. So the man of many hats. Bullpen to the starter to uh, the starting rotation for tonight and who knows you might be uh, riding the bench when Stevie comes back but we're grateful that you're here for uh, for right now hey fine by me man I'm, I'm putting on my best Michael Jordan flu game impersonation so we'll see how it goes to giant fans I guess it's only right that we start off talking some Giants football and Castle I don't want to get too too much into it about last game based on your uh, your reactions from when we were talking. But if you had to uh, summarize just a few words, really, like what went wrong against the Eagles? I, I think, I think the key word that, that I'm going to use for this, this game was mismatch, you know, w- watching this Eagles team and, I forgot who was who was saying it. I, I it was some sort of podcast. Maybe it was the Pat McAfee show. I don't fully remember, but <clears throat> this Eagles team has no weak spot. Every part of their team is flawless. So, and Jalen Hurts, you know, cool, calm, and collected. I think are the are the three words to describe him. And when you're missing two of your biggest pieces for your secondary. It, it, it's just a field day for him to pick it apart. So it was a total mismatch. You know, there were some other key factors to Saquon not being fully healthy. Turns out that this neck injury was a little bigger than we realized. There was an MRI that was done uh, during the week, but he seems to be good now. Hopefully he'll be in better form for uh, the Washington game. But yeah, I, I would say the key word to use was just, Total mismatch. It really is surprising because, yeah, everyone knew that the Eagles were the better team, but we we all expected that the Giants would put up a better fight. And now, TJ, the Giants, I guess, got the wrong end of the stick here because they're going to be playing in Washington Sunday night football, and they're coming off a bad loss against the Eagles, the tie against Washington. Washington had a bye week last week. So they went from the tie against the Giants bye week and then host the Giants at home. So they've had all this time just to scout the Giants and prepare for the Giants. But you guys are Giant fans, so I don't really care. And I'm sure you guys don't care about Washington. You care about your Giants football. So what do your your Giants need to do 
on Sunday night to secure a win and avoid tying Washington again? I think one of the biggest factors is just execution. We've, we've seen a lot, especially after like these, these big losses or like close games where you can see guys open downfield and, and DJ just misses them because he's either a getting pressured or he's got to roll out of the pocket. I, I think they just need to execute more as a team. It's, like Sunday, they they played some really sloppy football. Granted, like Castle said, it was a mismatch, but I agree with you. We sh- there should have been more of a fight there. Uh, I think the defense played well, considering it's they were just on the field way too often. The offense was out there for maybe not even like five minutes, and then the defense is back on the field for ten. So it's. They, they just – the offense needs to execute. Like, I was telling Castle earlier in the week, and especially during the game, it's like I – what happened to the creativity with, with Dabes and Kafka? Like, running the Wildcat or, like, doing these reversals. Like, I get injuries and stuff have come up. Jump in, in jump in, because this will help your point further. Does that go – would you say that you can blame that on personnel, or do you think it's a, because of injuries that they really can't afford – to run those type of plays and castle jump in after if you want i think it's a little bit of both like injuries have really stacked up again on on this giants team on both sides of the ball uh the offensive line they it's like the sixth straight straight week with a different different line out there people at different positions and yeah like there's that and then injuries bellinger He's he's hurt with some ribs from last week. They're down Wandale Robinson. They really don't have a true wide receiver one, even though Isaiah Hodgins is a real bright spot right now coming off uh, the waivers from the Bills. But yeah, I think I think overall it's a mix of both injuries and like personnel wise. I think they've backtracked a little bit from the start of the season and they're trying to accommodate those injuries by simplifying the offense but we've seen especially in on other teams like green bay you can only simplify so much where every every drive is a three and out so i i expect i expect better from from the coaching i expect a little more out of kafka and daves but at the same time if the giants win on sunday they're an 85 percent chance to make the playoffs so i'm keeping that in the back of my head and hoping for the life of me and the giant rest of the giants nation that they come out on top, at least in this game. Yeah, it's, I, 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 I pretty much agree with, with you, TJ. I, uh, it's really tough to narrow down if it's either more of the coaching or more of injuries. I feel like they're kind of, it goes side and side, you know, hand in hand because of, the injuries that we have, the offense isn't being less creative. But on the other hand, the reports leading up to the season were that Daniel Jones was going to be left, you know, let off the leash. Daniel Jones was going to, you know, have all this freedom. And I think even with those injuries, you still got to figure out how to give him that freedom. And 
it's not like yes the receiving situation is a mess but it's not like we don't have guys that can be creative you know Hodgins has really stepped it up love to see it Slayton yeah he has the occasional drop but he's still a reliable guy for Jones because of their chemistry minus his injury Bellinger is back and there are creative things that you can do with him I mean come on even you could even do stuff with Gary Brightwell in the passing game if you really wanted to, because we've seen him step it up. So it, it, I think it's a combination of both, but my expectation and hope is that going into such an important game that they let loose a little more and that Dave's and Kafka come together and figure it out. Because like you said, you can't blame the defense that much. And, uh, one, one more note I want to make about the defense. It is good to have Aziz Ojolari back. That's where I'm going to leave that. Um, and I'm going to ask one final question for either of you. It doesn't really matter who answers. Uh, TJ, you started talking about this in your first point. One of the key things that really – I feel like watching the Giants, just not as a Giant fan, but as a football fan, seems like, yeah, Daniel Jones needs to play well. But you also need to get Saquon Barkley looking like the Saquon Barkley that we all know. And it seems like the last three, four weeks or so, he hasn't been that. I don't know if it's because of an injury. I don't know if it's because of the last touches, the way he's getting the ball. But I feel like something has definitely changed with the way the Giants have used Saquon Barkley. And I don't think the way they're using him right now is a winning formula. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I mean, we saw last week he was limited in touches because of a neck injury that was 50-50 and turns out he was good to go. But it turned out he wasn't as good to go as we all thought, especially he thought and Dave's thought. But I, I think the, like the biggest factor with that is maybe there's an underlying injury, but I'm I'm pointing at the offensive line. Like there's a few players that I know are stepping up big like Andrew Thomas, even Evan Neal, given his rookie season uh, struggles and ups and downs, he's starting to play a lot better football. It's just the interior offensive line is is full of switch cheese. Like they're, the defense, any defensive front can get through. They need to find a, a formula and or get guys, like hopefully get guys back to, to get – that offensive line that we saw Saquon have all those explosive runs in the first half of the season. I, 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 I that's what I think at least castle. I don't know about you, but I I'm going to point fingers at the offensive line. Yeah. I, I'm going to point some fingers at the offensive line, but he's also been battling two different injuries. He's had the shoulder injury and he's had this neck injury and if you look at his history when he plays hurt, he's less explosive. And I think he gets in his head a little bit, which is understandable. I mean, we know the longevity of running backs. And any major injury like that can really screw his career up. And he's got a bright future ahead of him. So I think it's a combination of the injuries um, and and the line. And I, looking back at it and listening and reading more about this last game, he should have not played. This was a game that was going to be tough, but 
get him in a spot where he's fully healthy and ready to go in a playoff environment for Sunday. Not this quote from Dave's where, oh, we think he's going to be a little better. That's not what we want to hear. So I think it's him in his own head and it's the interior line being like Swiss cheese. I've always been against a coach or whoever saying that, oh, they'll play, but they're not 100%. I'm the way I kind of feel that if a player is good to go, then there's going to be restrictions on him because at this point of the season, almost everyone is going to be banged up. You're playing a physical sport. You're either going to play through it or you're not going to play through it because it's that bad. So the Giants limiting him, one, it just takes up a roster spot for someone else who could be, who is healthy, who could be playing and possibly be utilized more. And you know Saquon is far from 100%. If he is, like Castle just said, if you think it was better that they didn't play him, then he shouldn't play. And then the Giants just use someone who is healthy because Saquon Barkley did not look like Saquon Barkley against the Eagles. He he looks slow and his cuts just aren't weren't the same. And you guys obviously, and I'm hoping that this Sunday against Washington is different because football needs a healthy Saquon Barkley. The Giants need a healthy Saquon Barkley to win. So we're all hoping for uh, Saquon to be back Sunday against Washington because that's a big playoff game for them. And now TJ, this is like your your dream right now. We're shifting gears from from your uh, football giants to the hardwood, your Boston Celtics. They are currently the number one seed in the NBA, sitting atop with a 22-7 and seven record. They've dropped a few games out west, but Jason Tatum looks like an MVP. Jalen Brown looks like the best one-two punch in basketball. And we've talked so much about what makes this team great is their depth, their their emphasis on defense. You have guys like Al Horford and Marcus Smart, not to mention Robert Williams coming back within the next few days from, from surgery that he had uh, over the offseason. Is it fair? I mean, I kind of said it in my opening, but do you think that Jason Tatum is in that MVP category right now? I, I would think so. I mean, the dude is kind of playing out of his mind right now. I don't have, like, uh, the stats, like, his overall stats on the season, but I can just go off the last game. 44 points, six six assists, nine rebounds. He He's playing everywhere. Oh, 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 there we go. Now I got some stats. Thank you. You're taking taking over my job for me. He's averaging 30, 30.2 points, 8.3 rebounds, 4.1 assists and shooting 47% from the field. If that's not MVP caliber, I don't know what is. And it's and it's about time that people start putting him in that conversation. Like we we've seen we've seen him on the rise the last couple of seasons. I mean, he was already a stud when he came in. He's just further developed into an all-around great basketball player, not only on offense but on defense as well. I think he's up there with the likes of Giannis, uh, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry. They're, they're the top of their game. And I think Jason Tatum has finally joined in in that conversation of 
one of the best players in the league right now at this very moment. Specifically for basketball, you usually think the best player on the best team. It really hasn't been the case the last few years when Nikola Jokic has won, but that is also because he's been by far the best player. But you look at when Giannis won MVP, you look at when Steph Curry won MVP, all those guys were the best player on their best team. And right now, the Celtics have a game lead over Boston, uh, over Milwaukee. <laughs> yes, the Celtics have a one-game lead over Boston. <laughs> uh, they have a game lead over Milwaukee. Jason Tatum, like you you just said, scoring 30 points. He's got eight boards. He's got four assists. He's doing it all very efficiently, almost 50% from the field. Jalen Brown is also looking like an all-star because of it. The problem is there's just so many guys that really know who is my MVP right now. I don't even know who my top five is because there's still Luka Doncic. There's Kevin Durant, LeBron even, but he is probably not going to be qualified for it because he's missed games. Joel Embiid, Giannis, Steph Curry. It, 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 basketball right now is in very good hands with the amount of star power. Ja Morant. There, it, it's ridiculous. And Cass, I'm going to turn to you as we've kind of been talking about this in our different group chats. For the young talent is at like an all-time high right now. Alexander or Tyrese Halliburton who are third, fourth year guys who are looking like all-stars, MVP guys, whatever, who are someone that you think deserves to make an all-star game appearance this year that may not have made it before? You know, with like like we've em emphasized the the young talent in this league right now, it's it's crazy. Um I think I would have to go with with one of those two guys. I, I would probably go with with Hal Burton. I mean, he's a guy that you, you didn't know what was gonna happen because he was he was traded to he was traded to the Pacers, correct? That's what happened. In the so, Sabonis in the Sabonis trade, yeah. Right. Which makes the East very more interesting. And, and I'm glad that that's where he ended up. And we could even talk about that trade uh, another time, but I think he's just someone that's really, really dominated very early on. You know, the Pacers, they're not, a, a, they're not a super flashy team. You know, they're, they're that mid market team, but he's really putting himself out there and really making a name for himself. And, I think with all of those factors, it's got to be putting the spotlight on him to, to put him in a position to, to go to the all-star game. I mean, uh, you know, shy, I think he's right there too. I've loved him since he's, since he's entered the league. I know we've talked about, can he possibly be most improved, but I think, you know, he's been kind of at a, at a steady place since he's joined the league. So not sure if, you know, he can win that, that title necessarily, but th those two guys, I feel like are making names for themselves for even 
the next class of basketball. I mean, we talk about all the young guys right now, and you can definitely group them in there. But I feel like those two are really going to be the faces for even a, a future wave to come. So I would say Halberton definitely is someone that right now, he you know, he, he keeps this path. He should be an all-star. I love that pick. I mean, I, I kind of said it myself, which is why I'm happy you said it. You gave me but, the alley-oop and I just slammed up. Exactly. Exactly. It's a team. It's a tag team effort there. So I, I appreciate that. Halliburton is averaging a double double this year. I believe it's only him and Chris Paul who are the only two averaging uh double digit assists, which is crazy when you're put in a category with Chris Paul and he's doing it with 20 points, almost 11 assists, which is remarkable. The Pacers have looked unreal this year. No one really expected them to do anything, but you have Halliburton and their rookie Benedict Matherin going along with Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, who has been in trade talks forever. They're looking like a good young team that's building for the future. They're they're building something special out there. I think they're a few years away, but they're definitely building something special. Uh, TJ, I don't know if you have someone in mind, um, but I'm curious what you might be thinking as to uh, who might ma- be making an all-star appearance if you were to choose someone right now. I uh, I might sound a little biased, but I think Derek White. Like Jalen Brown or something, but geez. I mean, those are the obvious choices, you know? He's going go, bold. I I'm like gonna go, it. I'm going to go with an underdog. Because, like, I mean, it's obvious that Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum and even Marcus Smart are are playing like all-stars right now. I got Jalen, it. Jalen Brown's never made an all-star team. That's kind of crazy, actually. I, I didn't even – I'm I, going I, with – I'm still, I'm still going with Derek White. I want to see – I want to see that man ball the fuck out and – so what? Give me a reason for Derek White because that threw me off. It's the flu game energy. You got to respect it. He he's taking a half court shot right now. Yeah, I'm going. And, to, and, I'm I'm and, marrying this thing right now. And he's he's, <laughs> he's shaking that virus off. I I I I see you, TJ. I mean, I just I personally I personally think that he has the capability of becoming an NBA All Star. He he's not he's not doing too bad. I mean he's a he's a he's a role player. It's not not very often that role players get uh get all star appearances. But I, I just think that like 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 you kind of said earlier, or either you or, or I said it, the Celtics are just there's a lot of depth and a lot of talent there. It's kinda hard to to pinpoint and like obvious obvious MVPs or not MVPs, obvious all-star game appearances or future all-star game appearances. But I just personally want to see an underdog. And I feel like even last season, Derek White stepped up huge when the Celtics needed them to. And who knows, there could be some, something happen down the stretch where he becomes a lot more, uh, he gets a lot more playing time, becomes a huge, a bigger part of this offense. And who knows? He could find himself on that all-star team. Nor- Normalize role players being all-stars. I love it. Flu game, TJ. Hey, they're, they're players too. 
Got got to normalize it. Give you a little bit of redemption here, because I'm going to speak. So I'm going to put something right up your alley here, TJ. And now I don't expect any role player all star nonsense for this. Your Boston Bruins, TJ. We're going to talk some puck here without Stevie uh, still here. We're going to talk some puck. Your Boston Bruins are sitting atop the, just like the Celtics, top the leaderboards. They're in first place, three points ahead of the Devils. Game uh, behind the Devils. So you're you're sitting pretty right now in first place with a 20, 23, 4 and 1 record, 47 points. They're, the Bruins are just a machine right now at home. They can't lose. 15 0 and 1 this season at home. Haven't caught many Bruin games. I need to be exact. But just from talking to you, it seems like their stars are playing like stars and they're getting consistent goal play. But now when you're undefeated at home and your only loss was a shootout shootout against Vegas. Yeah. More than just great goal play and your stars playing like stars. Like what has factored into 15 wins at home so far this year other i mean everyone's kind of meshing right now the the offense is is moving the puck there every, everyone's everyone's getting points even down to the fourth line they're they're stepping up and grinding and getting goals and shots and what have you but i think the biggest factor is the coaching change in the off season i mean i i've talked about this with a lot of people it's especially other Bruins fans, it's it's obvious that Bruce Cassidy wasn't the problem because he's off to a great start over and over with Vegas. But I think Jim Montgomery brought brought this whole new culture with him and he established the culture with not only like Brad Marsh and Bergeron, like bringing back David Krejci, like he he created this new winning culture that they don't want to lose. They have yet to lose consecutive games this season. They have not lost more than more than one game in a row. They lose one and they bounce right back. I If anything goes wrong this season, I I don't know who to blame. But as of right now, Jim Montgomery has he's blown blown my expectations away the goal the goalie situation has become stellar with Linus Allmark leading almost every statistical category in the NHL Swayman still he's still developing but he's he's an elite prospect and like I said before all the lines are meshing they're all scoring I the only negative I have is they come out slow in the first period. The second period is not their period, but the third period is when they shut it down. So if if they come into a third period, they're down one, two goals, you can almost count on them coming back and tying the game, if not taking the lead, especially at home. You know what they say, there's something in that dirty water up in Boston. What that is, I don't know. 
but it's producing some great hockey this season, and I could not be any more impressed. Far away from that, I would – I don't recommend anyone drink some of that. But uh, it sounds like the Rangers this year when they start very slow and they'll bounce back, but not to not the uh, same success that the uh, Bruins had. Now, Castle, you're not the big hockey guy. I know that, but – there, there was some history that I'm sure you might have heard about that happened last night. Alex Ovechkin netted a hat trick to record his eight, 800th career goal. And now I know we joke about Alex Ovechkin, so you, I know you're aware of who he is. What I do enjoy hear, Ovechkin. <laughs> when you hear that he is at 800 goals, he's only he's third all-time in goals scored behind Gordie Howe and, and the great Wayne Gretzky. Like, what does that say to you, someone who's not really a fan of hockey? You know, my whole life, I've probably done the bare minimum to to keep up with hockey, but he's one of the guys that I've always known. I've always known he's been a winger for the, for the Capitals. He's been a captain. He... He's been their guy. And, you know, it's not even just the fact that, yes, the 800 goals is a fantastic accomplishment. And, you know, yeah, I can be hated for this, whatever, but I'm happy for the guy. But the thing that you got to really think about is how many different defenses and historic goalies even he's, he's faced. So... It's a tremendous accomplishment. You know, the guy doesn't have any any teeth, but he's he he got his 800th goal, so he uh, he gets a W in that department, and it's just you know it's just great. I don't know how much uh, time this guy has left in his career. You guys can elaborate that better than me. Um, but I'm going with is, this next uh, question. He he's he's just one of those guys, and. It's 800 goals. I mean, it's it, it, it's pretty, like I said, it's pretty incredible. And you really got to think how many of those goals came, you know, clutch time, Stanley Cup against, you know, some of the best goalies like, you know, Lundqvist and some of these great defenders like Chara with Boston. And I, I could go on and on, but I, I don't see too many guys uh, down the road hitting that and if they are we're we're gonna be looking back and having a very similar conversation. So uh kudos to Oven Chicken on eight hundred. You're aware of this next part. TJ and I were talking about this this morning. Uh, TJ, you want to fill uh Castle in on the amazing stat that we were talking about regarding Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Uh yeah it's is it the point that you brought up? If you take away all the Gretzky goals, he would still have the most points in NHL history. Nuts. <laughs> Single goal, and he leads the NHL in goals all time. If you took away all his goals, he would still be number one all time in points. Yeah, that, that that's that's nuts. I and and I know. I think this is correct that 
points don't come from just scoring goals. It comes from assists and other aspects of the game too. So that just speaks volumes to him as a player, not just even a scorer too. I mean, that's the dude is the, uh, I just, I'm speechless here. I, I, you know, again, bare minimum of hockey, but I mean, if you're a big enough sports fan, you know that that's a ridiculous stat and, and, and a crazy accomplishment. Well, any any sport, if you think about it, you take away goals, which is <laughs> a goal is a goal. That's how you score. When you take away the leader, the guy who has the most goals all time, he still will lead <laughs> all time, having the most points. It's unheard of. Now, I just just very quickly here, what other ways can a player get points besides? Go- goals and assists is that it like do you get it's points for steals it, it's a sec it would either be an assist a goal or like a secondhand assist so like the pass to a pass okay got it. yeah so i i have one more one last thing about ovechkin here ever since he came into the league in 05 06 the same draft class with Sidney crosby he's been good for 20 plus goals every season the only like down year he had was the COVID year when everything was cut short. But like, let me just put it into perspective here: sixty-five goals, fifty-six goals, fifty-one, fifty-three, fifty, forty-nine, fifty-one, forty-eight, fifty last season. And mind you, he's thirty-seven years old. He's that that's 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 pretty old for for hockey players. But like I think we were talking about this before Josh if he he can pass Gretzky in goals if he if he keeps it up for another season or two. Three because it's 894. Let's say put up 40 50 goals that's two seasons worth essentially. Yeah, I think if, if he can keep this level of play up, as much as I despise Ovechkin when he plays against the Bruins, I got to tip my cap where, where credit's due. And one of the craziest things about his his historic night, he gave away his stick to a fan in the stands. And that stick is going to be worth so much money if it ever gets sold. Oh yeah. I was just going to say I'm I'm quickly I'm curious to see what the outcome of that will be just looking back at the whole experience with the fan who got Aaron Judge's home run ball and and how that transpired with the money. Very curious to see what this guy does with the hockey. That's a that's a good point. Uh, we'll definitely have to I'm sure there'll be stories about that going forward because of how historic that stick is just like judges home run ball. But at least this was given away. This wasn't like a controversial, Oh, this guy didn't give back the ball. Even though judge said that guy earned it. So we'll definitely be monitoring that because it's going to be a story that we'll be talking about for a while. But uh, before we wrap up this week's show, we're bringing back a classic. You hate him. Stevie. Joined us. He, he was a little. He was running a little late. Had some traffic, going from his upstairs down to his basement. I get it, Stevie. But uh, 
he's here just in time for uh for playoff for playoff fantasy playoffs stardom set him so uh we'll make sure hope one of us will be accurate with our picks probably not steve probably not me probably castle i have a weird feeling castle will be doing well with these so does anyone want to go first who's got picks ready i do yeah sorry about joining late boys i do apologize uh later than i expected so i you can put the press the boo button i'll take it for this week um and I hope I don't take one of your guys and then you really hate me, but uh, I got either or A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. Um, If you, you know, whatever one you have, um, the Philly receivers, because both went off last week against the Giants. And who did they play this week? The Chicago Bears. Um, And obviously being a Bears fan and watching them knowing the roster and how injuries and just how lack of talent there is on both sides of the ball, but especially defensively Jalen hurts and whoever he's throwing to should have a field day. And I, I'm, I would not be shocked if Devontae. Uh, I, I, I see what you did there. You, it wasn't even uh, intentional. That was clever. When I have, even, a, I have a field day when you're talking oh, yeah. about the bears. Uh-huh. At playing at soldier field against Justin Fields. That's like, yeah. Thank you for Robbins. And, uh, I mean, I would not be shocked if both guys have like at least 100 yards. Um, and both, receiver, one both, rec- both receivers did well against the Giants, right? Oh yeah, I think. Um, I think Devontae both had, had a touchdown. Touches. Yep. So, um, and and granted, um, the Bears do have their top corner Jalen Johnson, while the Giants were really lacking uh, some depth there, but. Um, and the Bears will be getting Jaquan Brisker back. Um, but still, their defense is just not not a challenge at all. And um, I think Jalen Hurts <laughs> will continue his um, balling at an elite level. And, um, and this is just another fantastic matchup to have. And the score may be worse than it was against the Giants. Or maybe worse against the Bears than it was against the Giants. Damn, talk about a passionate fan, Stevie. Yeah, listen, I I mean Garrett Wilson shredded us for how long how much against Mike White's first game in the rain at MetLife. So I I'll check the weather for Chicago, but say a clear day at Chicago, I could see Jalen Hurst, an MVP guy, going against AJ Brown and, you know, Devontae Smith. Like that'll be should be a field day for him again. Yeah, Sunday. It's going to be cold, but it's going to be sunny at Soldier Field, so. In Chicago. I think you need a new tattoo, Stevie, that says embrace the tank. That, that's <laughs> been your motto for the season. I think you just need to blend it in with what you got going on. I, I know it's a beautiful, beautiful artwork on your arm, but it, it's got to be there somewhere with what your mentality has been for this season and it's not a dig it, it's your lifestyle embrace the tank so might as well ink it on you for life make it a piece of you hey, that, you know that, what as as long as that doesn't uh transform into the yankees baseball i'm okay with it no never because the yankees it's like i don't really care about the mlb draft or not, not that i don't mind that but like the mlb draft i mean mike it, it's it i think baseball the talent is more like you hit more on um 
like signing guys and training for guys than you do like prospects. Like the NFL, like the number one, two, three overall prospects usually are like, you know, game changers right away. And, you know, uh, it's not the same effect for baseball. So I'm always room for the Yankees to win. And obviously I'm always room for all my teams to win. But if it comes to a point where like, you know, for basketball and uh, football, if they really suck, then yeah, I want the high pick. All right. So are you, is that like your two starts for both receivers or is that just one or the other? What do you want me to count that as? I, I don't, you know. Well, well, do you have another, do you have another start ready or no? Um, not the moment. Not the moment. Okay. It was just two. No, that counts my two. It, both the Eagles receivers. I like that. Down against your bears. How fitting. It, it's, I, I'm like, not, I'm like looking forward to see how bad, these guys destroy them. Are you, you should just bet against your bears, like bet them to lose like by 30, then you'll be happy. But then they'll probably screw me. And that'll be the one game that they actually will keep very close. And to me, what did I, you, you went out a little bit. When situation, either exactly. you, either you make money or uh, your bears make you not as depressed. True. True. But I'd rather win money at this point. <laughs> TJ or Castle, you have a start ready or you need more minutes? Nope, I do. I can go if we're doing two starts. Uh, I can do both of them. Uh, my first one and my first one, this is uh, it's going against my team. I know, but. I I I I gotta I gotta be that guy I guess. Uh, it's Curtis Samuel. I'm just looking at what he did last game um, against us, and I think Wink is gonna do everything in his power to. Oh yeah, that that would have been good too. Jahan Dotson, he did have a touchdown last game. Probably should have done that, but I'm sticking with Curtis Samuel. I think uh, they'll probably game plan against those two guys a little better. Uh, leaving Samuel a little more open. Uh, so if you got him as a flex, definitely suggest that. Wide receiver two might be a reach, but I like him this week. And then the other guy I'm saying to start, I know that he's uh, only coming back his second game, but with their quarterback situation and how I feel about this defense, I'm saying start J.K. Dobbins. I think Lamar Lamar Jackson – Second practice in a row that he did not participate. Uh, Huntley, is that his last name? He's looking questionable. And we all know what the... It looks like he, he is good, though, Huntley. Okay, so he'll be good. But if you look at the Ravens' passing game the past few weeks, Mark Andrews, their number one target, has been underperforming. And then after Deshaun Jackson... I don't even know who they're throwing to these days. Duvernay, maybe. I don't even know his status. So I would expect John Harbaugh to really be creative with the run game. And I think we're going to expect big days from Dobbins and Gus Edwards. But with Dobbins being back, he's the guy to start. So my two starts for this week are Dobbins and Curtis Samuel. And Josh, I appreciate your optimism with my picks, considering I'm not making the playoffs in any of my fantasy leagues, this is a very dark time for me. So hopefully my picks help someone.
you and me both know you got robbed in our league. We'll leave it at that, though. So we'll move on from there. You should be in the playoffs. Uh, TJ, let's hear your picks, then I'll go. Alrighty. My first one may be like an obvious start, but Devontae Smith against. Oh, no, no, not Devontae Smith. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. That, oh, that. I was going to say, geez, the flu no, is killing no, you with this episode. Yeah. Stevie, no, the flu Stevie, is Stevie, definitely. Stevie. It, it is coming. I, I, I just want to fill in Stevie. We were taught, we were given some all stars earlier. Like, if you can name an all star, who do you think Mr. Uh, uh, Bias TJ goes for? Talking Celtics. Jason Tatum. I uh, I picked Derek White. What? <laughs> I'm rooting for a role a, a role player underdog here. What kind of flu do you have? I don't know. <laughs> TJ. But then I, I, re- I, I missed quite the episode. I redeemed myself afterwards, so we're, we're okay. He, he did redeem himself. I, I did uh, tell him that. He redeemed himself. But, we're talking to but the, overall, yeah. the overall message is normalize role players for the All-Star game. And it's a campaign that TJ is starting. And if he did a GoFundMe or Kickstarter, I would donate money to it. So okay, that's the- but you but you also consider Julius Randle a role player. I consider him a role player. Or fine. How about RJ Barrett, who you don't like this year? I I mean, on paper, I guess you could say he's part of the big three. But yeah, I mean, so I, would you would you I, send would, RJ? Would you send him to the All Star game? RJ Barrett, I would send him to the Canadian Junior Cup, whatever they do there. I mean. I would need a Stevie amount of time to be allotted for my RJ Barrett rant. And maybe that comes at a future episode. I mean, that oh. that's Stevie's big advantage for the Bulls tonight is that they're playing against RJ Barrett. So. I want well, to castle rent. We got to well, look. Well, the Knicks are up by double digits early. So I'm not surprised the Bulls suck this year. Hey, you know what, though? I, I really feel I, I, I really feel for the Bulls, man. I mean, What's going on with Lonzo Ball is is terrible, and I I really hope the dude comes back. I really do. I hope so too. But I do want to. I promise we got to make sure we allocate time for Castle Ramp because rare. I need to hear that. It, it is rare. I don't even know if I've heard it. So we're. I don't think any of us have heard it. And we're gonna make sure we allocate time for this. Uh, I've been TJ. building it up for for either the Giants or Barrett, but I think Barrett deserves the rant. Sorry, TJ. We, we you're, you're ta- you said Devontae, and that's what uh, got us all sidetracked. Which Devontae are you talking about? Well, the, the the one that I said before was already mentioned, and I just got them flopped. Uh, Devontae Adams. The Raiders this year, they're either going to score 35-plus points or it's going to be the most comical game you've ever watched in your entire life. So at that, that's at least one way that – uh, one of my favorite YouTubers put it, and I'm going to stick with it because it's true. They they find some really comical ways to lose, especially when they're up double digits or multiple scores. But I digress. I think he's still having a great I, I just I just want to jump in. My only negative with that pick, specifically for this week, is who 
his coaches and who they are playing this week. I mean, they're playing the Patriots. And who is his coach? Josh McDaniels. Yeah, Josh McDaniels. Who yeah. is a former assistant of... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Bill Belichick. So, <laughs> be a blowout for the Patriots because of... Solely for that reason. Yeah. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But Bill Belichick, former coaches, cannot beat him. I don't know. We've seen we've seen the Matt Patricia play call in the last couple of weeks. Where but that is also that is also a good point. It screen looks to like, the right, screen to the left, or punt. So he, yeah, it's he really took the, comical. He, he took the Joe Judge uh, Giants playbook from last year and like somehow made it worse. No, no. The epitome of the Joe Judge playbook is running a QB sneak on second and third and long when you're on your own five yard line. But anyway, my second start of the week. It's another receiver. And we talked about him earlier in the episode when we were talking Giants. And at this point, if you're if you're desperate for a wide receiver or a flex in your lineup, I'd go Darius Slayton. He he'll be good for he'll be getting targeted in the red zone. It's only a matter of time or it's only, only time will tell if he'll catch the ball or not, but he's, he's a big, he's a big target with Danny. We talked about his chemistry before. I think they have the potential to, to really mesh this game, especially because they can take away from the last game against Washington and prep a little more, but Washington has the advantage in prepping, but if the offense can mesh and they can get that passing game going, Slayton's a, a serious deep threat when he can catch the ball. So I'm going to go, I'm going to roll with Slayton and I hope this pick doesn't come back to bite me because I'm not, I haven't had the greatest luck in doing these starts and sits when we do them. So most of the time I get burned anyway. So I'm just, I'm chucking up a Hail Mary. <laughs> hey, some of them end up being successful. Just like your Derek White being an all-star pick. That is definitely a Hail Mary. Um, but I'm going to go, this first one is definitely some bias, but I'm rarely, I rarely get to be biased. So I'm going to savor this moment. My first one at this point, I don't even know if it's considered biased because it seems like he's a staple in almost every lineup. And that's going to be Garrett Wilson going up against the Detroit Lions defense. Stevie, you've seen them now twice this year being that they're your divisional rival the Lions defense stinks really good they're scary their defense stinks There's about it but they just are prone to giving up 30 points a game which really will benefit the Jets this week because they have a top five defense and they have an offense that can stall at times when getting into the red zone but and Mike White have a real serious connection. And Stevie, you saw it in the Jets-Bears game where Garrett Wilson torched them. People thought, oh, you know, it's just a fluke because the Bears stink. But he managed to do well against the, the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings, specifically the Vikings, where he had a career day. So I think that's going to continue because he's now riding multiple 12-plus point games uh, for fantasy including six catches a game in his last three, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, all above 60 yards. So uh, 
very excited as a Jet fan. Garrett Wilson broke the rookie record for most receiving yards. And he's going to look to shatter that record some more against the Lions. And then my other is a guy who I currently have on my bench in my money league. But I'm debating where to put him because I want to start him. And that's Isaiah Pacheco, the Kansas City Chiefs running back. Castle makes you happy because he's a Rutgers alum. You know, I've turned you into a Penn State fan. You still got a soft spot for your Scarlet Knights. Isaiah Pacheco. Always will. Really has emerged uh, when Clyde Edwards-Alaire went out and Ronald Jones was cut and Jarek McKinnon turned to a receiving running back. Isaiah Pacheco turned to their real running back that they really haven't had (laughs) in the entire Mahomes era. Clyde Edwards-Alaire just hasn't been that guy. And when he is, he's just not available. So Isaiah Pacheco has kind of taken that over and run with it, <laughs> literally. So this week they play the Texans who, like the Bears, like the Lions, their defense stinks. They got they should have won last week against the Cowboys and then they choked. But Texans are going to be relatively close in that game. So... I think everyone in that Chiefs offense is going to feast. But at some point, they're going to be up by so much where it's just going to be strictly run game. So Isaiah Pacheco is going to get his touches and get his reps then if need be. So Garrett Wilson, Isaiah Pacheco, my two starts. And then we're going to flip the script. We're going to do some sits. I'll go first with my first one being a quarterback who is a top 10 quarterback in fantasy. Might be top five actually. Let's see. No. I have a really okay. funny feeling you're about to say my guy. Go ahead. Who, who, do you, who, do you, who do you think I'm saying? Is this quarterback playing tomorrow night? You would you would know just based on the matchup. No, it's not tomorrow night. It's okay. to attack okay, of never it's mind. Two, it's to attack of Iloa. And he, ah. and he has struggled the last couple weeks. Uh, the first against – who was the first matchup that he struggled in? Because it's been multiple weeks now. San Fran, that's what it was. Uh, throwing two interceptions and having the fumble against San Fran. And then last week against the Chargers where he just couldn't complete a pass to save his life. At one point, it was like he was like four of twenty from completion percentage, uh, completing passes. It was horrible. Um, threw for 145 yards in total, and now this week he has to travel in Buffalo in the snow in the cold. Our situation for him and that Bills defense is no joke. I thought that there were some loopholes in that defense and some soft spots with Von Miller being out, but now that pass rush gets the quarterback quickly. Just ask Mike White's ribs. The, they're shattered because of Matt Milano, Gregory Russo, but he, he's a dog, so have no fear, Jeff fans. But, yeah, no, the Bills' pass rush, even without Von Miller, is very scary, and their secondary may not have been as sharp as it used to be with no uh, – um, Micah Hyde, but they still have Jordan Poyer. They still have Tredavious White. They got some guys in the secondary. So 
it, it's going to be a fun matchup to say the least, but I don't see it being a, a game where Tua shines. Josh Allen may not either, but that's besides the point. Um, or sit. So Tua's one that is going to be where do you go? Uh, this one's also biased, but it's DeAndre Swift. More so the fact that uh, Jamal Williams has taken over the role as running back one. Guy who was drafted in first, second rounds of fantasy drafted. Uh, fantasy drafts has seen his value in stock drop tremendously. He's projected each week to get like 12 points, but he's barely getting eight touches a game. Jamal Williams is the guy who gets the touchdowns. Four touchdowns on the year. Last week, he only had six carries against Minnesota. And the Jets' defense, like I said earlier, is one of the best. They're top five defense. So, I... Andrew Swift being much of a factor, he might get some yards here and there, but it really, it'll be a an empty stag game for him. I'm going to see him scoring. So Swift, Tua, my two sits. Uh, Thomas Hummel, you're up, my friend. Well, you you picked my – I had Jam, I, either Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift. That's my first sit. But keeping up with, with that trend, I'm going to say sit. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, Jared Goff. I, I know what to. I think I know what he's about to get lost in. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna like point out the obvious first. Jared Goff doesn't play well outdoors, especially on the road. It's gonna be cold. He's used to playing inside a stadium. And I think the biggest factor is obviously the leading defensive rookie of the year, and that's Sauce Gardner. I think it's he's he's proven himself to lock up any any top name in the sport right now. He's emerged as a future Pro Bowler, All NFL, All Defense, whatever you whatever what may whatever you may have with awards and honors. But right now he's playing out of his mind. He's locking up the likes of Stephon Diggs and other and others to that I can't think of right now. Uh, but I just, I just feel like it's just a, yeah. Yeah. There. Yep. There. There you go. Thank you boys. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the, in an audience at home, they're, they're sending in the chat. They're, they're sending me all the, all the receivers he's locked up so far this season. It's almost like watching Darrell Revis out there. It's almost like there's a Revis Island out there that they haven't seen in a very long time in, in that New York Jets defense. That uh, that uh, brought back some good memories. I I feel like you would have liked that one. And my second sit is a running back, and that's going to be Raheem Mostert for the Dolphins going up against the Buffalo Bills. He's going to get the bulk of the snaps, but the running game in Miami right now is just all over the place. I don't know what's going on. 
the mad scientist Mike McDaniels has to cook up something in the lab to get this off the running game back going. But I think it's just an easy an easy lock to sit him this week. The offense in the running game could improve come the end of the season and or playoffs if they make it. But right now, it's not looking great for any of the Dolphins running backs, especially Jeff Wilson Jr. who's hurt. So I think I think I'm pretty safe with these two sits this week. I think those are they're better than my starts, but who knows? I could get burned again. So I think I'm, you're, you're you're picking piggybacking your sits off of mine. I like it. I'm confident. It's like a, yeah. it's a team effort here. I like this. Yeah, we're 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 a team over here at the Three P Podcast. I like it. Uh, Castler Stevie, who, who wants to go next? I'm good to go. If Stevie wants to go, he Castle be my guest. You go. Thank you, thank you. So, my by the way, I just want to say I love how both of you guys picked Dolphins players. Um, apparently, last game that they played against the Chargers, even though the game was played in Southern California, they still found the game to be too cold where they needed to have space heaters on the sidelines. So I can't even imagine. In, in, <laughs> Buffalo, in Buffalo, there's a prediction of seven inches of snow before game time, if not during the game. So they're, they're really in. If, for they, needed, if they needed space heaters in, uh, in, 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 where was the game? in weather in California, I think it's Inglewood is where it officially is, but that's still the, the Los Angeles so area. They're going to have to bring like giant saunas then to Buffalo somehow. They're going to have, like, igloos on the sideline or something. Yeah, that I just had to bring that up. Um, so my first sit is a guy who I've been riding with a lot this season, uh, but looking at what he's done the past few games, looking at what the team has done as a whole the past few games, I think if you have another quarterback option, bench him. I think mo- most people should bench him this week if you're in a playoff position, and that's Geno Smith. If you look at his stats from the last three games, that's against Carolina, that's against the Rams, and that's against Las Vegas. Yes, his points have been good, but he's had a total of four interceptions and two touchdowns in his last three games. So as a whole, the... I don't think the Seahawks offense has been flowing that great. Yes, yes, you do have Kenneth Walker coming back, which I guess will relieve some pressure. But look at what he did week two against this 49ers team. He only had 197 yards and one interception, ending the day with a total of 6.08 points. And this San Francisco team is so hot right now. I think even with Brock Purdy being hurt tomorrow, which he's questionable right now, this offense is going to be on the field to a point where the defense is going to get burnt out very quickly. And we just see what the San Francisco defense can do. So I'm saying bench Geno Smith at all costs. And the other guy that I'm saying to bench, and I know you have him, Josh, but I have a little I'm a little skeptical about him and 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 it's Dalvin Cook. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because I think 
the Colts have a good defensive line. And I don't, and yes, they have Stefan Gilmore in the secondary, but I think their defensive line is where their strength is. And I feel like that's going to force Kirk Cousins to throw the ball more. I could be totally off about this one, but my gut is saying if, I mean, I know Dalvin Cook is such a big name that it'll be hard to bench him. But if you happen to be in a position where you can mess around with your running backs, I, I would consider it. I just feel like this is going to be an off game for him. Uh, but those are my two sits. It's Geno Smith tomorrow night against the 49ers. And it's Dalvin Cook this Saturday. We got Saturday games, which I'm hyped about. This Saturday against the Colts. Last one. But it goes to my start because I'm happy I have Isaiah Pacheco. And I said I wanted to find a way to get him into my lineup. And that could be my uh, my way to get him in the lineup is by sitting Dalvin. So a lot to think about. I I'm I guess, I don't know if I'm happy that you said that or not, but it's giving me a lot of bulletin board material to uh, think about the next couple of days. Uh, little baby Stevie, round out the crew. And let's hear what you got. All right, I hope I'm not re- repeating any names because there's been so many names and um... – and analysis going on that I think I think there are two guys that haven't been named yet. Mike Evans, am I good? I'm good. That's what I thought. And it's kind of it might seem like a shocker. Um, but if you look at his past couple weeks, and this is, you know, obviously the scoring's different for every league, and um, but roughly the past from week nine to week fourteen, this will be week fifteen. So for whatever that six weeks, five weeks, he's not gotten double digit points. Now this, I'm looking at my half PPR league. So if it's a full PPR, he might be some of those games where like a one week he had about eight or he had about eight points, two weeks, maybe um, he would have gotten double digits, but like 10 would probably be the most he would have gotten. Those are not Mike Evans type numbers. And if you, if you watch the Buccaneers, um, because they, you know, they played on Monday night two weeks ago. And then they were, um, they were on, you know, last week they played, um, you know, in the afternoon hour. Just Tom Brady and Mike Evans don't have that same chemistry that they usually have. They just seem like they're off. Um, because I was kind of looking at Chris Godwin too, but Chris Godwin Brady, you know, there's he still gets catches and stuff, but Mike Evans just is lacking that ability that he had that connection with Brady. Um, especially the long ball and stuff. They just seem like they're off this year. Um, and then they get Cincinnati, which Cincinnati's uh, pass defense is pretty tough. Um, you know, one of the better ones in the league. So it's a tough matchup. So I would not really trust starting Mike Evans unless if you really need him to. But if you have, you know, kind of similar to Castle with the way you were saying Cook, if you have options, I wouldn't start Mike Evans. I mean, he just hasn't been performing. So why, just because of his name, yes, maybe he has a potential to, but it's not like he just had one off week, two off weeks. And really all year, he he only had one really, really good game where he had two touchdowns and over 100 yards. But then some of these other games, um, you know, he really only had one, two, three, four, like pretty solid games. And then one, like, game that could get the rest of the games he has not done good so majority of the weeks he's not been a reliable option um 
So I would bench him, especially in playoffs when you need guys and you need your team to do well. And he hasn't, I just, I don't feel comfortable. Um, and then my other guy was, oh yeah, Travis Etienne. No one said that one, right? Nope. No, but that is a good one. Thank you. That is a good one. Both of them have, but Etienne is special. Yeah, because I mean, so Etienne obviously started off the year kind of as a backup, James Robinson, and then Robinson's touches got um lowered, and then Etienne came in, and I mean, he came in with a bang, you know, getting almost 20 points, you know, 25, 23. But then same thing, from week 10 on, he is not done too much. I know he got hurt in one game, but even last week against Tennessee, he had 17 carries, so he wasn't limited by injury. But 17 carries for 32 yards. He didn't even get a full two yards per carry. You know, he's going against a Dallas defense, which has really looked formidable all year. Um, you know, really getting into the backfield quick, forcing turnovers. So, um, and especially if Dallas is, you know, this might be more of an air attack kind of game. I don't know. It could be a running attack game or I mean, both teams can kind of. Last week, Trevor Lawrence, you know, had probably this best game as a passer. Um, and we know Dak in that offense could throw for over 400 yards, but both teams could both run the ball well. So I don't know what kind of game it's going to be, but I just, even uh, Travis Etienne against Detroit, and we were talking about how bad Detroit's defense has been, Detroit kept him in check. Um, so I just, same thing. He's kind of been off and he has a tough matchup. And same thing in the, in the playoffs when you need your, your, you know, to put the best possible lineup out. I don't think Travis Etienne is a good option as like he was, um, you know, just even a few weeks ago. So, um, so yeah, so Mike Evans and Travis Etienne, I just have not liked what I've been seeing from them. And, um, you know, if you have those guys and you have the ability to bench them and substitute with them and a pretty solid option, um, I would, you know, I'm not saying bench Etienne for like a Travis Homer kind of guy, but if you have options, I wouldn't you know, beat so quick to have him in your lineup. Thank you, Stevie. Thank you, boys, for all your starts and sits. If these hit, then we'll look like geniuses. But if these all flop and you lose your playoffs because of us, don't be mad at us. This is just our opinion. Be mad at Steve. He joined late. You can be mad at him. I'll take the blame for this one. Stevie takes the, we'll uh, take the blame for, uh, for these, but That'll wrap up this week's show. TJ, man of many hats, our social media guy. Thank you for stepping in for the first half of the show. We appreciate uh, the work you've done for our social media. You made a great post late last night. Look at TJ staying uh, working uh, all around the clock, all hours of the day. Staying up late last night just so we could uh, perfect our Instagram, getting that Alex Ovechkin post up. We appreciate uh, what he's done for the 3 P podcast instagram so go check that out uh op sports betting live bet crypto it, it's a cool concept i'm gonna make sure uh we try to get greg on because none of us fully understand what's going on but we all want to know more so that'll definitely be uh in the works in the coming weeks and liberty shirt co World Cup is uh, wrapping up. By the time this episode comes out, the uh, World Cup will be over, it seems like. But 
There's still college football. There's still NFL. Those Fox guys look great because of Liberty Shirt Co. So uh, go check them out for a night to make sure you look your best. And uh, Kevin, Wild Chat Sports, great partner of ours. We uh, we love the work that he's done. He's out in L.A. He's got some great content coming out, some great podcasts that he's done. Talked about it a few weeks ago, but yeah, Jackson, also one of our favorite podcast uh, guests that we had on. So, uh, listeners, we want to thank you all for uh, tuning in and Hopefully we'll have another episode next week. And if not, then uh, happy holidays, everyone. So we'll uh, have to keep checking our Instagram to see the latest on that. And with that, uh, have a good one, everyone.